Welcome. Thank you for choosing to listen to another Destiny Changing Word by David Entry from one of our Revival Seeking Youth Services. If you want to control your world, catch the word. Be blessed. So God created us in his image, not just our physical abilities or inabilities. Because the, the core of your being is spirit. So you are actually a spirit. But the problem is that when we sinned, our spirits got disconnected from God. That's where, what is the definition of death. Life is in God. You disconnect from God, you are dead. So God told them the day you eat it, you, you will die. It's not just the physical death. The physical death is an aftermath of a spiritual death. So for Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1, he said, and you who were dead in your trespasses. We were dead. But that was, he wasn't talking to people at the cemetery. In fact, Jesus said in John chapter 10 verse 10 that um, this, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And he, he said in um, John chapter 25 verse 24 that if you believe in him, you have moved from death to life. You've passed from death. But he wasn't saying this at the cemetery. He wasn't standing in the, among dead people who are physically dead. He was talking to people who are spiritually dead. So your spirit is your, the center of you. And when you become born again, it's your spirit that is regenerated. So it starts from your spirit, but it's beginning to catch up with your soul, where your mind is. So it talks about be ye transformed by the renewing, Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. So transformation then starts when you become born again. The rest of your spiritual life is transformation or a process we are going through per mineralization. God is changing you. So we all with unveiled faces. Beholding us in the mirror, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, chapter 3, verse 18. Beholding us in the mirror, are being changed into the same image from glory to glory. So we are being changed, actually. That's why when you get born again, you realize that sometimes some things are still in your life. But with time, we are, we are being changed. The more you look into God's word, the, word, the more you are taught God's word, the more you stay in fellowship, the more you stay in prayer, the more, watch this, what I like this, your spirit can never be better than it is now. When you are born again. Hello? When you are born again, your spirit is perfect. Because your spirit is indwelt by the Holy Spirit or by Christ. So in your spirit, you have the image of God restored. But now, we have to work it out. That's why I said work out your salvation with fear and trembling. So there's something that has been worked in at redemption. Salvation is worked in at, at uh, uh, redemption. Salvation is, is re restoration, recovery, godliness, the image of God is worked in at redemption. Now you have to work it out. How do you work it out? By being in meetings like this. By reading your Bible. By staying in fellowship. By, watch this, 
by practicing God's word. Practicing God's word. God's word says forgive, attempt to do that. God's word says love, attempt to do that. God's word, God's word says give, attempt to do that. Do it. So as you are practicing it, you are being transformed. It's, not because, it's catching up with your, your behavior, your demeanor. It's catching up with your idiosyncrasies. It's catching up with your thinking. Because some of us are thinking really needs recovery. So when you are born again, how many of you know people who are born again and yet they are divorced? You are born again, they got married, and they divorced. How many of you know every now and then or regular? It depends. Yeah. Every now and then or regular? It depends. Yeah. So being born again doesn't mean your taste has changed. Being born again doesn't mean your soul is resident in your, your soul is resident in your taste is resident in your soul. Your thinking is resident in your soul. Your desires and decisions are all resident in your soul. In your soul, you have self-consciousness. In your spirit, you have God-consciousness. In your body, you have world-consciousness. So when your body goes, you can't feel the world. That's why you have to take good care of your body, girl, boy. You take good, if you eat well, you, you end up living well. Even though you are still born again. Why? You didn't take care of your body. But when you are born again, it starts from the most important part of you, which is your spirit. Then it goes to the next important part of you, which is your soul. Because some of us, the reason why you keep doing the thing you are not supposed to be doing is because of your soul. Some of us are very angry. You are just angry. You are bitter against your father. And sometimes you don't want to be angry, but it's catching up on you. Why? Because your soul needs to be saved. So it talks about receive with meekness the engrafted word of God. James chapter 1 verse 21. Receive with meekness. A certain level of humility is needed to receive God's word. Coming to sit in church, you are not doing a pastor a favor. You are doing your own soul a favor. He said, you have to receive with meekness. There's a certain approach. There's a certain approach. It says that receive with meekness. When it comes to the word of God coming to you, you must have a certain humble approach. So, the word of God is that you receive with meekness. The implant can be so much part of you, people won't even notice that it's not you. The word of God can be implanted in your life. You receive the implant of God's word that it becomes so much part of you. You don't have to think before you even react. You, 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 when you react, the word of God is in expression. But you have to receive with meekness the implant of God's word, which is able to save your soul. See, addiction is in your soul. So if that is how you are, and you have now become born again, it doesn't go like that. That's where you have to receive with meekness the implant of God's word that is able to save your, your, your soul because your soul is sick. Your soul is sick. So being born again, some people say it's deliverance. And it's not, what, what? Wow. And then you are delivered. Most of the time, the pastors themselves need deliverance. I'm telling you the truth. Most of the, the one 
carrying out deliverance for you, he himself needs deliverance. Deliverance is really when God's word has found a place in your life. That is what is able to save your soul, not your spirit. When you are born again, you are actually saved in your spirit. Because your spirit can never get better than it is now if you are born again. Your, your, your spirit comes into a perfect state. But now, we have to work out what has happened in the spirit to spread into our soul that is pressed into our body. It's spreading out. Yeah. The Christ in you, the salvation in you needs to spread out. It's spreading out. It's spreading out. It's spreading out. That's how, now how, what makes it spread out? You have to work it out. When you are, we are all born again, we are all at the same level. Spiritually. It now depends on how much you want to work it out. And then two, sometimes where you are coming from, your soul has been so rubbished by different exposure, things you've been watching and things you have been through. So it's a lot of junk. And it takes, for instance, as I said, I've never uh, smoked. Never in my life. I've never drank like alcohol. Never in my life. So alcohol is not a problem for me. But unlike some of you. Now, so you have to be saved. Your soul has to be saved from that taste. That every now and then you start, when I see Guinea sweating, it doesn't mind. It doesn't, you know, Guinea. Or beer. Beer. That is sweating, you know, in the glass, in the pine glass. Chilled. It never just attract me. It's not my thing. But some of you, even now that I mention it, you are thinking. Oh, so, so then, if you and I get born again at the same time, but you used to be in um, gambling or smoking and porn, and I was never, I was never into that. Do you realize that the work, there's not too much work to be done to recover what that junk that has entered me. That's why innocence is bliss. That's why some things, sometimes there's no need even to enter a certain relationship. Because you are going to expose yourself to junk. What what if you enter a relationship with Johnny? And Johnny is is a womanizer. But you were in a relationship with him, you guys were deep. Then later on you realize that you can't stand him. It gets to a time, girl has to be wise. So girl moves away. But every now and then, Girl is thinking about Johnny. Oh, I remember the, the time when we were all together at Afronation. You're having memories of John. You are struggling to get Johnny out of your. If you had not been with Johnny, this wouldn't have been a struggle. So we have all come to start at a certain starting point. But because you are coming from far, let's say you are in debt. Now you have to pay your debt before you start saving. But I can start saving right away. You know, so how fast we can, God can help us has a lot to do with where we are coming from as well. But usually, when there is a genuine hunger for God, it's not the work involved in building your muscle, doesn't matter where you are coming from, it's the same. You can develop very fast when you are very hungry for God and you are exposed to the right environment. So let's say we both come together in church at the same time, our spirits are born again, and we are very hungry. And he used to be wild in the world. It still doesn't make any difference. Once we are hungry, your weaknesses in the world can grab you. But is that the problem is when you are not pushing more. 
when you are, you are not in an atmosphere that stirs your love for Jesus, what that makes you very hungry for, there are some churches it's not worth being in. Because it waters you down. Everybody is cold. Nobody's on fire. And so eventually you are not on fire. And you, the way you are, if you are not on fire, your past will catch up with you. Your addictions will have a better part of you. Even when you are trying to be on fire, every now and then the addiction is trying to... But you're able to keep it under control because the fire is good. But when you are not on fire, then the addiction can really grab you. So that's why passion for Jesus, when you catch it, don't lose it. Passion for God. Passion for the things. Some of you, the way you are always excited to be in church, you are excited for the word of God. I beg you, please, don't lose it. Because when you lose it, you might not be able to gain it to that level. Wow. And when you lose it, it starts, when it starts going down, because someone has offended you. And so now you are also, you, I don't even want to be coming for midweek service. I don't want to do this. The way you are, you, you don't forget, you used to be into drugs. Don't forget. So if you go into a cold environment, that those things, those weaknesses in your life, the shadows of your past will catch up with you very quickly. Because you are not running fast. But when you are born again, our spirits are perfect, and now you have to work out your salvation. You have to work it out. Say, work it out. Work it out. Tell somebody, let's work it out. Let's work it out. Let's work out our salvation. Let's work it out. So God created us in his image. The center of creation is the spirit of man. Let's all say that together. The center of creation is the spirit of man. Say it again. I told you the scripture from Zechariah chapter 2, verse 1. He created the heavens, laid the foundation of the earth, and then created the spirit of man. So the center of creation, that's why when Jesus is coming into your life, when you are getting born again, it starts with your spirit. Because that's the most important part of your existence. That's the most important creation of God. He created us in his image as spirits. So when you become born again, that is what is happening. Your spirit has been saved. Now, you come to church, you read your Bible, you pray, and then you are assimilating God's word, receiving with meekness the regretted word, which is able to save your soul. So your soul is being saved. Your soul is being saved. Your soul is day by day. It takes the lifetime. It takes the lifetime for your soul to be so saved that the Bible is becoming a reflection in your life. Or your life is becoming a reflection of what you have learned in scripture. But gradually, I'm not saying, Pastor, so that means that I can't stop sinning now. It will take time. I may be, no, no, no. When you are really born again, sometimes God gives you the grace. You are, watch this. All right, thank you, Jesus. This is better. Thank you, Jesus. Addiction is bondage. Let's all say that together. Addiction is bondage. Say it again. Addiction is bondage. Addiction is bondage. It's imprisonment. But when you are born again, the Son has set you free. When you are born again, he who the son says free is free indeed. Right. So it's for freedom. The Bible says it's for freedom that Christ has set you free. Galatians chapter 5 verse 1 in the NIV. Is it verse 1 or verse 11? It's a, yeah, it is for freedom why Christ has set you free. He set you free. Don't use that freedom to allow yourself to get into slavery again. He has set you free. Say I'm free. I'm free. Tell someone I'm free. So now, God created man and created the spirit of man so that we can be 
his reflection. He created us that we can be his enlargement. Now he created us that we can be his habitation. habitation. Now, where is he going to stay? In your spirit. That's why he created man. There's a plan. He created man so man can be his home. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Moses, when he was blessing Joseph, he says that the favor of God, where is God? God dwells in the bush. You remember Moses met God in the bush, burning bush? In uh, uh, Exodus chapter 3, verse 1 to 3, and in Acts chapter 7, verse, I think, 32, 33. So Exodus chapter, it appeared to him, flaming a flame of fire from the midst of the bush. But this doesn't even make it justified like Acts chapter 7, verse 32 or so. And when 40 years has passed, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a, in a, in a flame of fire in a bush. Now, anytime you come across the angel of the Lord, actually God appeared. And God appeared to him in a bush. And so when he was blessing people, he says that the blessings, the favor of him that dwelleth in the bush. Why, what am I mean? It's like God didn't have a place to stay. Why? Because he was looking for, he created us to be his habitation. But in, and then he packaged himself as a tree in the garden and he said, man, eat me, eat me, eat me, eat me. The tree of life was in the middle of the garden. That was God. Eat me, eat me, eat me. So that if man had eaten it, God would have then entered man. And then now, that, that's why he created man in his image so that he can dwell. He created us for his habitation. So um, the, the tree of life was in the midst of the garden. Genesis chapter 2 verse 9, right? I will say that the tree of life was in the midst. When you look at the context properly, the word is in the, in the, at the central part of the garden. When you enter the garden, the first thing you see is the tree of life. The Bible said, out of the ground, the Lord God made every tree grow. That is pleasant to the side and good for food. And the tree of life was also in the midst. That's the tree of life. And the tree of, uh, the tree of knowledge of good and evil was also there. Then in the chapter, in the verse 16, God told man, verse 16, and the Lord God commanded the man, saying, of every tree eat. How many trees? I've been teaching this always. Of every tree, it by heart an, an exception. But there are three categories of tree. Now, that every tree, this one has all the mango, the mango tree, the banana, the, uh, the apple. All right. Every tree, including this, was also every tree. So, not good for food. And this one too was meant to be eaten for food. It produced fruit. And this one too has fruits. But God says that only eat of, if I didn't say only, He said eat of every tree, but leave that, this one out. Because this one was representing the nature of Satan. And this one was representing actually God as tree. And this one was representing natural tree. And then Adam comes and he's been eating this one. He's been eating this one. And then the serpent comes, Satan comes and introduces this one to Adam through the woman. But before they could eat, the serpent comes and gets his attention. As soon as they ate it, they have actually now had the nature 
Because there was a habitation availability in them. Which was meant God, God, God made it for himself. But he can't impose himself like the way God will not force you to be born again. God will not force you to do church. But God made it so that man from his own choice would say, Pastor, this church thing, this Jesus thing, I want to do it. So God was standing as tree of life. Adam, eat of every tree, but that one don't go there. And that's when the enemy comes and Adam eat this. So as soon as Adam, because if Adam and Eve had eaten the tree of life, God would then have entered man. Then, because that is his habitation. So he was waiting to inhabit. But the devil, the enemy of God came and he said, so when they ate it, the, enemy, the nature of the entered man. So now God can go in. So from that time, it looks like God is homeless. Homeless. But he wasn't worried at all. Because Jesus, God himself, was going to come. So God, from that time, has been planned. He planned because before they sinned, there's a lamb that has been slain from the foundation of the earth. So now, the relationship between Adam and Eve and God, man and God, has been estranged. And because God is holy and righteous, if you break his law, what is he supposed to do? He's supposed to punish you. So all along, the judgment of God was against man. But he still loved man. And the devil thought, ooh, ooh. Now, they have sinned against you. They are broken. You are holy. You can't accept them. And you can't probe two problems. They have... They have sinned against you, and not just that. You can't now move, enter them. Why? Because I'm in. You have to kick me out. But before you attempt to kick me out, you have to restore them to you. But there's no way you can restore them. What can you do? You can give them principles to keep. But I am inside. I will not let them obey your law. So that when you give their Ten commandments, they'll be breaking it. You remember Romans chapter 8? He said, the sin that dwelleth in me. When did it come? When Adam sinned, sin came to live. Romans chapter 7, verse um, 18 and 19. I, I want to do the law of God, but I can't do why. Because sin that is a present in me. Sin lives in me. Where is it? Yeah, it said the verse 17 says that, but now it's no longer I who do it, but who? Sin. Sin is now living in me. Because there's a living space, accommodation. It was meant for God because God created us for his oh. habitation. And now sin has found its habitation in us instead of God. And now we have also sinned against God. And God is a righteous God. So you can't come near him with sin. And so if he gives you his law, you can't obey it. Because the occupant in you will not make you obey God's law. Say, so I want to do the things I don't want to do, that I do. The things which I want to do, that I cannot do. So because the occupant, someone is occupying a territory in my life and at the center of my life, which is controlling. That's why addiction, that's where addictions come from. That's where sin comes from. So then if you talk about Ten Commandments, you are making mistakes. Religion will just give you Ten Commandments. Religion will just give you sets of laws to obey, but you can't obey it. You ask those who think they are religious, ask them, how many of them are you obeying? Religion doesn't change you. It's only Christ that saves you. So now, they are enemies to God. They can't obey God's law. And God said, what the law, my law could not do, 
Because it was weak through the flesh. <laughs> the blood of Jesus. Jesus came to shed his blood. For what? Watch this. For what? To save us from the judgment of God because you are sin. You are supposed to die when you sin, right? Yeah. So the day you eat it, you will die. So you are supposed to die. Now, God has to kill you, but he wants to still live in you. So what's, what's he going to do? He has to die. God had to come as a man to come and pay the price for our sin by dying. That's why Jesus died on the cross. The reason why he died is he died in our place. He died on the cross, but the good news is he came back to life. So I know what some of, some of you are thinking. You put somebody in prison and they leave prison and come back. They haven't served their sentence. No, 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 no. The sentence and the wages of sin is death. Okay. So once the person dies, it has settled the wages. But when he died and settled the wages, he waited three days. He has settled everything and then came back to life. So now he left the body that was destroyed. Or the Bible says that what God cannot do, the Lord could not do because it was weak to death. God did by sending his son. To, in, a sinful, in the likeness of sinful flesh. And the Bible says that he condemns sin in the flesh. So the sin that has been living in man, any, anybody who is born, sin continues to live in him. So as soon as Adam and Eve had their child, sin, the nature of sin still came in. So as soon as Jesus was born, because of the flesh, the nature of sin was still there. He had the nature of sin, but because he was God in the flesh, he was able not to let the nature of sin to control him. That's why the Bible says that what the law could not do because it was weak to the God did by sending his son. So he was walking in the flesh, but sin could not have dominion over him. Sin could not control him. Sin could not reign in him. Why? Because he was holy for God. He was the holy one of God. And then he went to the cross. Jesus went to the cross to pay for, watch this, to pay for our penalty, for our sins. So he died on the cross, but he died with the flesh. And on the third day, he resurrected and left. Shout hallelujah! Shout hallelujah! So what it means is that now, the thing that is blocking God from having access to us, which is our sin, has been removed. And then number two, the illegal tenant who is there, mm. the, yeah, the squatter, now is no more. When we come to Christ, now Christ comes to live it. Okay, let me show you something. In the book of John chapter 14, he said, in my father's house, there are many dwelling places. Enlargements, many dwelling places, habitation. So you are a habitation for God. I'm a habitation for God. We are all we all make one house of God. In my father's house, there are many habitations. And so watch this. Jesus said in the verse, verse 21, very nice one, verse 21. He says that he who has my commandment and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And um, and he who loves me will be loved by my father, and I'll love. Okay, let's go to 23. 23. Look at the 23. This is very serious. Did you see that? Let's all read it. Can you see from the screen? Kadijah is too tall. All right, let's look from there. It says that Jesus answered and said, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my father will love him, and we will come to him and make our... Wow. 
So Christ will live. There's a, there's a, there's accommodation inside you. In, in the book of Luke chapter 11, verse 20, 22, 24, it says that when a spirit leaves a man, it goes through arid places, okay? When a spirit leaves a man, it goes through dry places and seeking rest, finding none. He says, I'll return to, I'll return where? House. My what? House. That means the human being is a house for spirits. <laughs> Pastor, how about just removing the space there. No, it's, it's not a physical space. It's a spiritual space because you have first created a spirit. So it's a spiritual state, a spiritual state where Satan and demons can come and inhabit you. They are living inside you. And they have possessed you. They've taken over your house, your life. Your life, you, you said, that's my life, but it's their house. I want to do, I, allow me to do whatever I want to do with my life. Please, whatever they want to do with their house, that's what you are. We are just preaching to save you so that we can kick them out, we can kick the, those demons out of your house, out of your life, because your life has become their house. Wow. And so from that time Adam and Eve sinned, God has couldn't find, why did he create us? For habitation. But before you could come in, the nature of the enemy came in. So it's like waiting for the day when Jesus will come. Okay. So he said, that's why he called Abraham. That's why he called Moses. That Moses, come, you need to go and remove my people from Egypt because they are my people. I just want them to be a people who are going to reflect the real people. So I want to form a people because God always wants a people, enlargement. God always wants a people. That's why if you are truly born again, you'll be part of a fellowship. Because God doesn't work with one person. He works works with an us, an us. And us, and us. Because he said, Moses, bring them out. But when he appeared to Moses, he appeared to him and made a statement. Moses, I'm the one in the bush. But one day, I'll move out of this bush. And he was waiting for that one day. And that one day was going to be on the cross. When the penalty for sin is paid. And then man for the first time is free from from the domination of hell, domination of sin, to satanic control, where the, because God has paid our sins, he can now come in. When a man, a strong man keeps his house, his goods are in order. But when a stronger man comes, he's able to take overtake him. So now Christ can come into your life. When you say, Jesus, I need you in my life. Jesus, I receive you in my life. He comes and says, Satan, get out. But before the cross, no one could do that. God could never live in any man. Why? Because sin was always there. And how was he going to take care of that? By coming as a man to pay the price to satisfy the justice of God. Now that the justice of God is satisfied, man is not owing God when you are in Christ. You are not a debtor. Because you are not a debtor, God can say, now I can come back. Satan, get out of him. God created us to be his habitation. God wants to dwell in you. You are not a cheap person. And so when you are born again, that's why you can't be born again and you are going out to someone who is not born again. You are the temple of God. The temple. Why are you taking the temple of God? It's in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. He said, don't be yoked together with unbelief. What fellowship has, the, has righteousness with lawlessness? What communion has light with darkness? You remember light? Yes, sir. Light with darkness. They don't have communion. Not a fellowship. Look at the next verse. Look at it, please. And what accord has Christ with Belial? Belial is like a devil. 
you know. But Belial is, um, those days when, like when you go to the fetish, the, the spirit behind it, there's a, you know, the God is Belial. Oh. Yeah, so what I did, Christ and Belial, they, they don't have anything in common, wow. right? What or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? How come you are dating someone with an unbeliever? Are you a believer? So, but it's a good person. He's a good woman. He's a good man. You, you're not getting it. He's a good woman, but he's a hotel of the devil. Wow. She's a hotel. She, she's an apartment of the enemy. I'm also an apartment, but my, God lives in me. God's living. That's why he said, how do you take the temple of God and join it to a prostitute? What agreement has the temple of God with idols? You are the temple. For you are the temple of the living God. You are the temple. You are the house. God lives in you. So you are the temple of the living God. And for God I said, I will dwell, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. So when you are born again, you are actually a house of God. You are a house for God. You are a dwelling place of God. God created us because he wanted a habitation. That's, that's, that's what Christianity is about. Different, different dwellings. Different, different dwellings. And when we all come together, we are the house. Hallelujah. 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 That's why you are created. And Satan thought he has spoiled the plan of God, but he didn't see the cross ahead. <laughs> he didn't see that. Before man sinned, there was already a cross speaking. The blood of the lamb that was shed before the foundation of the earth. Before man sinned, blood was speaking. Blood was speaking. Blood was speaking. Blood was needed to pay the price for our sins. But that is not all. God wanted to actually dwell in us. So the blood is the recovery program. Redemption to recover us so that God can now dwell in us. God will inhabit us. That's, so that's the, the actual uh, 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 terminology. We, we are inhabited. We, uh, God inhabits us. You have to put it somewhere on your state or somewhere. God inhabits me. God inhabits me. What does that mean? God lives in me. God lives in me. I am the dwelling of God. I am the temple of God. God inhabits me. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. This is what the cross is about. See, if you're in church, you don't understand why Christ died on the, on the cross. I really feel sorry for you. You don't know. There are people, there are pastors who don't even know why Christ died on the cross. In it, it's Easter, in it. <laughs> they don't know. He died for my sins, in it. That's all. They don't understand that the weight of Christianity is about God, Christ in you. Christ in you. Christ in you. Romans chapter 8, verse 10 or so, talks about Christ in you. In Galatians chapter, chapter 2, verse 20, it says that I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ that lives in me. Oh, what? 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 They are human beings on this earth and God lives in them. Christ in me. It's there. Christ lives in me. That's the, but Christ lives in me. Galatians, Colossians chapter 1 verse 27, he said, Christ in you, Christ in you, the hope of glory, Christ in you, someone said, Christ in me, Christ in me. why would Christ live in you, because he created you so he can live in you, God created you so that you can house God on earth, 
That's why he created us to be his habitation. So we can house him. And as you are are in the bus, as you are on the train, as you are in the class, as you are in the examination room, what people don't know, they see you as normal. But you are a habitation of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You are a habitation of God. You are a habitation of God. You are a habitation of God. Shout hallelujah. Shout I'm a habitation of God. That is why the way you carry yourself, you have to bear that in mind. That I'm a habitation of God. Some places you can't just go. Some things you can't just do. It's not because of religious restriction, but it's the reality in the spirit. You are a habitation of God. Wherever you go, you carry God. When you are fornicating, remember you carry God. When you are lying, remember you are carrying God. You carry God. You can't take God in some places. What communication and what union has the temple of God got to do with, with idols? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? You carry God. You carry God. Almighty God dwelleth in you. That is also a mystery. Someone who tries, anyone tries to talk to you about God on the behalf of a religion, ask them if God lives in them. They will tell you, but God is in everything. No, 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 no. No, no, I don't know. I don't know. Tell them God is not in that dog. Tell them God is not in that cat. Tell them God is not in anyone who who is not in God. God is not in every human being. God is only in those who are in God. That I might be found in him. The mystery of godliness is that we are in Christ and he's in us. Who is in who? Both are in them. (laughs) I am a habitation of God. I'm not, just, I'm not just a friend of God. He says it's a lower, lower level. I'm a friend of God. That's good. But it's, I'm something Abraham was not. Abraham was a friend of God. But have, that's why Jesus said that the least in the kingdom is greater. It's greater than any prophet in the Old Testament. Because I'm a happy, I carry God when I'm walking. When I go to the toilet, I carry God. When I'm in the restaurant, I carry God. When I'm in the car, I carry God. When I'm on the plane, I carry God. When I'm in the train, I carry God. I carry God. I'm the habitation of God. I'm not an ordinary person. And it's not like we are looking for breakthrough. That's why when they reduce their Christianity to getting breakthrough, getting breakthrough, they are making a mistake. Because the core of it is the habitation of God. And that's where we can come together. And we come and we start fellowshipping. God is here. And watch this. God loves it when we, are together, when we come together. He loves it. God said, that's, 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 that's what I created them for. That they can come together and I'm inside them. I'll be amongst them. I'll walk among, I'll walk among them. I'll do, that God's permanent dwelling is when his people come together. Why do you think Jesus said that in Matthew chapter 18, where two or three are gathered in my name? There I am. That's, that's, that's where you can find me. Where can you find God? Where people are gathered in his name. Because we are the dwellings of God and his favorite spot on earth is in where people are gathered. Which is called the church. Church gathering. God created us to be his reflection. God created us to be his enlargement. God created us to be his habitation.
Say, I'm the habitation of God. Did you receive something? Give Jesus praise. God bless you for listening to this powerful message. May the power of God be evident in your life. Don't forget to like and subscribe to Caris Church on YouTube and listen to more messages from David Entry on all relevant streaming platforms. You can also connect with David Entry and our youth ministry at Caris Phase 2 on Instagram and TikTok and at Caris on Campus on Snapchat so you are always up to date. Be blessed.